Welcome back, everybody, to another uh, episode of the Dollars and Cents podcast. As per usual, you're listening to myself, which is Tim Ellis, and next to me is my co-host, Brody Haggerty. Brody and I are both uh, qualified financial advisors working with Foxplan in Wellington. With the aim of this podcast, uh, we plan to speak through financial topics with the goal in mind of increasing the financial literacy of our listeners. So just before we get into this week's topics, uh, Brody, would you mind covering off the legal side, please? Absolutely. So just a heads up that everything we talk about today is general of nature and not intended to be personalised financial advice. Before making any big decisions, we recommend seeking the guidance of a professional. Fantastic. Disclosure done? Disclosure's done, mate. Let's get into it. Okay. So this week we've got uh, another three topics. We're going to take a look at the retirement guidelines that came out um, recently. Then we're going to look at something that's called lifestyle creep or otherwise known as lifestyle inflation. And then we'll wrap things up with our favourite segment, the the quick wins. So why don't we rip into the first topic this week, which is the retirement guidelines. Um, you know, the report that came out, I've, I've actually spoken about it a couple of times, or I've had people talk to me about it. And so I guess we need to give a bit of context to, you know, what, what the study actually was. I think it was done by by Massey with two different scenarios. Or, or, yeah, why, the, the, why don't you give us the context of, of what we're actually talking about here, Brody? Yeah, there were a few different scenarios, but it really it, it comes down to how much New Zealanders need in retirement to live mm-hmm. on. Who, who did it? So, Massey. Massey University? Massey. Okay. So, I've just given two examples here, Mm -hmm. and they're both for two household incomes, so yourself and and a partner. Sure. So, So kids are flying the coop and you're just with your partner. Yep. And you've got the no-frills lifestyle Mm -hmm. or the choices lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So, the no-frills lifestyle is obviously you're you're not doing much in retirement, you're just doing day-to-day living and... Necessities? Necessity, yeah. Okay. So, you're living in necessity. So... For a two-person, no-frills lifestyle, it's about $826 a week you're going to need. What's that a year? 51000 a year. Mm-hmm. And government super on two? So government super is a part of that. So you're going to get NZ super, yep. but all up you need about 51000 a year. Okay. And NZ super is going to give you about, what is it now, 29000 Sure. So there's, there's obviously a shortfall. There's a gap, um, even for a necessity-based yep. lifestyle. Okay. Now, the second one was a choices. Mm-hmm lifestyle and that was 1665 a week and so that allows you to to what to choose to be able to travel a little wee bit uh, yeah do, to, do some things go out for dinner a couple nights a week and beyond travel just around necessity. New Zealand travel overseas yeah so a bit of choice in, in in your lifestyle in retirement okay and the dollar figure sorry so 1665 a week mm-hmm. or 86000 dollars a year yeah huge shortfall between super and and choices yeah yeah absolutely so I mean, the the key finding there was really that NZ Super and is not going to be enough. What about NZ Super and KiwiSaver? Could be depends depends when you retire, right? Mm. So people that are age thirty now, mm-hmm. they're going to have a big KiwiSaver, depending on how much they put in. I'd go so far to say that's not going to cut the mustard. I I, I agree, unless you're doing ten percent. Even then, it's touch and go. Yeah, for to, for choices at least. Okay. And, and, yeah. and so do you have some, I mean, I've got my opinion on, on, on the report and I'm, I'm going to share it in a moment, but, uh, you know, any thoughts from yourself? Yeah, I guess it just shows the, the, the importance of saving and investment. Yeah. Because NZ Super is not going to be enough. Cash in the bank is not going to be enough. Who knows what NZ Super is going to look like in 10, 20, 30 years. They, mm. always, they always say they're going to change it. It might be 
it might look a whole lot different. It might be you get NZ super eligibility later in your life. Yeah. Or it could mean that there is no NZ super. Who knows what that's going to look like? Mm. Uh, we've got an aging population, right? There's going to be more people taking out of the, the pool yep. than putting money into the pool. Yep. So taxpayers. Yeah, I, I just went to a conference where they had um, um, somebody talking about that. It's commissioned by, by the government to report on these things and numbers mm. and findings. And it was, you know, um, he, he, he gave his report and I actually asked the question, um, you know, thank you for, for, for sharing this, but what, what's your thoughts on government super considering what you've just explained to us? And certainly not with a big smile on his face. <laughs> he said, "I feel that means testing is going to be inevitable. Mm. You know, um, look at look at look at the aging population. Look at the the current spend on NZ Super in this country is seventeen point seven billion dollars a year. And like you say, we've got this aging population, more people um, pulling money out than putting money in. Uh, you know, is that sustainable? So I don't want to um, start putting putting fear out there in this podcast, but it is no, something no. you need to be aware of, it right? It is, and I think a huge part of that is, do you want to rely on the government in retirement? Because that makes me feel uneasy. Absolutely, relying on the government. Mm-hmm. So do, okay. some, do something about it. I guess that was my that was my takeaway. That was your takeaway. Okay. Um, did, did you read the report? Yes, I did. Yeah, I did, and. I think it is fantastic that they do the report. I'm really glad that they do. Oh, it's great. More, more importantly, I'm glad that people talk about it. I'm glad that people actually read it and um, and and think about it. It's you know, uh, I, I'm in full support of getting information like that out there, which is exactly what we're trying to do on this podcast. Mm. Really, get people thinking and talking. So. I think that's fantastic, but I, I, I just have some spanners to throw. In, the, in fact, I've got more than spanners. I've got the whole bloody toolbox to throw at this one. Um, surprise, surprise. No, I'm yeah, looking forward to it. What, I, what have you got? What okay. have you got in that toolbox? I'm not coming from a negative place. I, I, I'm trying not to anyway. But, you know, if if people read that and actually formulated their own plan based on, you know, that pretty limited information or limited view of things, then here are the spanners that might not get considered. If you're designing your retirement plan, have you thought about, you know, inheritance that you expect? And when do you expect it? And how is it going to come? Is it property or, you know, um, you know, will inheritance play a big part in your retirement funding? Because everybody's got a different situation with that, right? Everyone's got different parents. So, yeah, yeah you know, different situation. But then what about the other side of that coin um, where you have uh, parents that actually need to go into aged care facilities uh, that bring uh, uh, quite a hefty bill with them and you actually need to start fronting up that bill or all of their assets that you thought you were going to inherit are going to be spent on aged care and they actually end up beating the odds and living through to 95. Uh, but that inheritance that you were you were planning on for your retirement um, or that was there to, to supplement that is, is now gone. And then you've got the thought of, well, what about yourself in your own retirement? Do you think you might have grandchildren? Will they always live in Wellington or is there a chance they're going to be in Auckland, Australia, or even over in the UK, and would you like to go and be able to visit them? Is that included in the in mm. the no frills? Obviously not. Is it included in the choices? Is that going to be important to you? Yeah, I think I think that's super important because it's a great baseline and it's a great way to start thinking about what you yep. may need. Yep. And that that's great, but it's got to be personalised because every everyone's very different. But it is a great start. Absolutely, and I think. 
one of the biggest ways people are different in their thinking with retirement planning is, you know, there's more than two different plans, but there's, you know, two different mindsets. Is it important for you to leave a legacy? Do you want to leave behind money for your own children or for your grandchildren for their education? Is it important that you leave behind a legacy? Or is it your intentions and plan to have as much fun as you can and have the check for the the coffin bounce? (laughs) You know, spend everything that you've spent your life earning and have a whole lot of fun. And and, and like I said, hope the check for the coffin bounces. Yeah. You know, those are two very different plans. And and is that factored into, you know, some some guidelines? Well, you know, obviously not, but that's not what that, that report was about. It's not saying here's your personalized retirement plan. It's just there to get people started thinking about yeah. things. Yeah, and the the big thing there is that the closer you are mm. to that age, mm. the scarier it's going to be for some people. So at, yeah. at the very least, if that report makes some people take some action, great. That's that's amazing. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. I, I haven't closed my toolbox, though. I've still got more spanners. I bet. Are, are you open to more, or are we, uh, have we been morbid enough already? No, give me a couple more. Okay, so these ones are outside of the financial world, but equally important in my opinion. So if you're thinking about your retirement planning, Mm -hmm. have you considered your wills? Are they up to date? Only 50% of Kiwis actually have a will, and of those 50%, I would question how many of those wills are actually uh, valid. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, because you know people have dissolved marriages or, or had new marriages, um, you know wills might be void. They they might certainly not be up to date with their intentions. Yeah, and arguably arguably more important enduring powers of attorney. Yep, exactly. Two yep. different types. Two different types. You got the well, I call them the the health and the wealth. Health and the wealth. I call them the who are you going to choose to decide whether you stay plugged in or they pull the plug. Mm-hmm. There's your health That's one. Yep. And then the other enduring power of attorney is uh, who do you trust to make financial decisions if you're not in a position to be able to that are going to be within your best interests? So looking after your that that's your wealth. And so, you know, most people without a will don't have an enduring power of attorney no. either to be making those decisions. Uh, and then there's trusts. So new trust laws came out 2019 and it's now estimated that 90% of trusts are not compliant with the new trust laws. I'm not going to put our listeners to sleep and go through what those trust rules are, especially not without a big disclosure statement slapped all over the the, the screen. Um, but you know, the, yeah. the, the, these are the these are the areas that need to be considered if you are trying to formulate your retirement plan. Um, you know that you need to seek advice on, in my opinion. Yeah, and the cost of getting some of that boring stuff wrong can be huge compared to what it would cost you just to. Massive. Get it sorted. Well, the cost isn't just on you. You know, if, if you're talking about a will, you're actually out of the picture. Oh, absolutely. It's not going to bother you while yeah. you're six feet under. No. But uh, I have, uh, and this is why I'm okay with putting people to sleep talking about it or, or, or making people uncomfortable. Uh, I've had clients that have um, been on the other side of things where their parents have passed away without a will. Mm. And the stress at a time where you really don't want that kind of stress and the emotional um, drain that it's had on family that are just trying to mourn with issues that could have been resolved so simply by being uncomfortable for a little while, sorting out a will and paying the bill for it. Mm. Is that enough morbid stuff? Can we move on to something positive? Or yeah, we... let's let's move on to, to lifestyle creep, I think. Lifestyle creep. Which, which ties in well to the last topic. Yeah, while we're talking about accumulating for retirement, let's talk about lifestyle uh, creep, or which, otherwise which, known as lifestyle inflation. Which is a huge reason for people not having enough in retirement. Yeah, well, I'd say it's the number one. Mm. So do you want to give a bit of context to what lifestyle creep is? I can. And we'll go from there. 
Sure. So lifestyle creep or, or otherwise known as lifestyle inflation is perhaps best described in a story. Um, you are a student, you're doing a four-year degree, you're living on the bones of your butt, you're eating two-minute noodles, and you're on a student loan. Been there. Mm-hmm. And then you go out and get a part-time job. You're earning some money, but you think, well, I'm a student. I'm meant to be poor. I'll spend all the money that I've got. I'll you know, do something about it when I'm actually not a student anymore and got a real job and making real money. Yeah. So you spend everything you've got. Then you finish your degree and you get yourself a real job, but it's your first job. So the pay's not fantastic. So you spend all the money and you say, okay, well, you know, I'm in my first year, so I'll get a pay rise um, soon enough. And that's when I start getting serious about, you know, um, actually saving the difference between what I'm earning now and what I'll be earning then. That's when I'll start saving. Mm-hmm. And so you might go from eating two-minute noodles to once-a-week takeaways and a bottle of red wine. But that bottle of red wine is the $15 one that's got the, the special ticket on it. <laughs> then you actually Be, get, been there too. But, oh, absolutely. I've been to a few BYOs. Um, so then you actually get a, a, a decent pay. And you'd always told yourself, now's when I was going to start saving, but I deserve this. I've got a nice pay. Mm. I, I, can, I should be able to not look for the, the bottles of wine with the tickets on it, I want to get the bottle of wine that I actually want to drink. I deserve it. You now, now you're justifying luxury items as a need. Yeah, and it goes on and on, and and it creeps. Hence, mm. lifestyle creep. And, and so that's the context of what, what you know a lifestyle creep is, and yeah. it's real. It is real, and it's it's very similar to the idea of keeping up with the Joneses or yep. keeping up with the the next door neighbour. Yep, um, you you feel like you've got to keep up with society and yeah. as, as you make more money you should be able to flaunt that so it just it if you're just going around creeps. to a dinner party and everybody's got the nice bottle of wine and you turn up with the ticket one um, you know if that's something that bothers you it's going to bother you so you've got to keep up mm. and the effect of that is that people end up either going into debt mm. or living paycheck to paycheck yep no matter what their income is there are still people on high incomes living paycheck to paycheck sure just the food and the the, the, the luxury and lifestyle just keeps increasing but Agreed. they're not actually building wealth. So what can people do to stop lifestyle creep? Okay, so spending money is an addiction for a lot. Not for all. Not everybody has lifestyle creep. Not everybody faces this. There'll be some people listening that go, no, that never happened. <laughs> and, and and they'd be right. Because at the end of the day, this comes down to habits. It's mm. a habit, a habitual thing. And so how can you escape it with great, great difficulty for a lot of people? There's a book, I'm not sure if you've read it or not, Charles Duhigg, The Power of Habit. I have, actually. You've read it? I have. I read this book um, before becoming a financial advisor, actually, and I thought it was one of the most powerful books I've ever read. And it's all about habits and the power of habits, and he explains the the habit loop. Mm -hmm. Um, We have a trigger, something that makes you, um, that, that triggers your habit. You have an action that you do, and then to close out the loop, you get the reward. And that's all a habit is, trigger, action, reward. And so... In the book, they explain a study that was, uh, now what's his name, Eugene Pauler. Eugene Pauler was a, a, a man that got a virus that attacked his brain. Um, it got in his, his, his fluid and, and fried his brain of all memory, no memory at all. This guy would wake up in the morning, he would make himself bacon and eggs, mm-hmm. he'd eat his bacon and eggs, go back to bed, 40 minutes later he would wake up, because it's still the morning, and he would go and make the bacon and eggs again. <laughs> How good. <laughs> well, let's, let's just talk about an expensive uh, food bill. <laughs> but he had absolutely no memory at all. However, what they observed is every day he would go for the exact same walk 
all around the block. It would take six blocks for this this loop that he did. Mm-hmm. And if you stopped them in the middle of the walk and interrupted it, he'd still be able to know exactly where to go next. He knew exactly where to go. Yet he had absolutely no memory. The only way that can be explained is habit. It's a mm. it's habit. And when it comes to spending, if you've developed lifestyle creep over 30 years, it's now a habit of spending money. Yeah. And so another thing they touched on in the, in, well, Charles Juhig touched on is a, a study where they had a, a whole lot of volunteers and they asked them to do one simple task. Every single thing you eat, write it down, pen on paper in this book. That was the only instruction. That's all they had to do. And what they found is that the smokers in the group smoked less. The drinkers in the group drank less. Everybody spent less money and everybody ate less calories. They didn't tell them to reduce your calories. They didn't tell them to reduce money. They didn't tell them anything apart from just write this down in the book. Becomes very real. It it becomes real and it interrupts the habit Mm. because people eat things on habit. People spend money on habit. But if you interrupt the habit between trigger, action, and then reward, and they were interrupted every time by having to write it down, they were actually able to recognize that they, why am I doing this? I'm just, oh, I was doing it unconsciously. And so that helped break the habit. I'm not saying everybody has to go and buy a book and run around town writing everything down, but you do need to find a way to be able to interrupt the habits that you don't want and replace them with habits that you do want. Yeah, and I think for me, one of the key ones there that I would say you can use in New Zealand is the force savings. So KiwiSaver is a locked-in savings scheme. Okay. So when you get a pay rise, why not look at bridging that gap? So say you go to from 80 to 90,000, why don't you bridge that gap with increasing your KiwiSaver contribution by... If you're doing 3%, why not do 4%? Sure. I and guess that, the argument would be the lack of liquidity with that. Yeah, absolutely. But if you are bad with savings, mm. then that's a way to lock it in. And like we've said before, the good thing about KiwiSaver is it's locked in for some people. The bad thing is it's not accessible. accessible. <laughs> so it can be a good thing or a bad thing. But if, if you do have bad habits but you really do want to save, once it's in that KiwiSaver, you're not getting it back until you buy a house. Or if that's already been done, then... It's retirement. Yeah. And you're going to have that nest egg there for savings. And that's definitely not the right way for everyone. But Mm. if you are bad with money, it's a great way to start. Yeah. For for savings. I took a bit more of a radical approach in my younger 20s before I went and got a financial plan. Mm. I gave my FBOS card to my mum, who (laughs) I I didn't live with her. So I had to every once a week drive around to her house, which is a good good excuse to go and say good day to mum. But she would take cash out for me each week on my own FBOS card and give me the cash. And that just um, that 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 made it so much harder to to spend. Was was that your day to day spending, or if you wanted that to go get day, a top up? No, no, that was for day to day spending. Oh, wow. So I would go and pick up my cash for the week from mum. Now, you still doing that to this day? <laughs> <laughs> no, I stopped doing that about the same time that I found out how easy it is to transfer money to your mates that have their own FBOS card. Oh right, so there's always a way, always a way around it. Right? Okay, so that was not solving any <laughs> any um, issues. It was putting a band aid over a, um, an open wound. It, it, it didn't work. Uh, it did very for a very short while, um, but if you don't address the real issues, then you're only going to go back to to square one uh, one way or another. So you actually need to address the, the the real deeper issues. Not suggesting you just go and give your FBOS card to your parents. <laughs> 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 it's too easy now. I can wipe my swipe my watch over. Things. Yeah, yeah. They make it easier and easier, don't they? Mm. 
I think I think the other one is if you've got some high interest debt that you're worried about, mm-hmm. putting that extra money towards that. Because oh, once I, that's paid off, then that's paid off, and you're actually saving money from the interest payments, right? So, yeah, it's an, it's another another way to comes in, get rid of it if you're going to spend it. Yeah, but if you've got high interest debt, which most commonly is just credit card, mm-hmm. then what can happen is pay off that that yeah. credit card, and you go, oh, I paid it off. Well, I paid off five hundred. Okay, well, I can spend another one hundred now, and I'm still four hundred in the in the in the good books. So yeah, yeah, dangerous. There, there's other high interest debt, so you know you might yeah. have a car loan or. You know, a personal loan you've taken out, an overdraft. So yep. there, are, there are ways. But it, it does come back to those habits, right? It's all about habits. Lifestyle creep, lifestyle inflation is all about habit. And society. And so- oh, yeah. You can you can We're, put some of the blame on society. We, Absolutely. We are a nation of spenders. Yes. And those that are wanting to sell things are making it as easy as possible. So look, I think that's uh, enough of that. Why don't we break into the um, the, the positive um, of, of each episode, which is the quick wins. So I've got three this week. How many have you got? I've got two. Two. Uh, Always two okay. for me. Far away. Okay, so my first quick win would be mm-hmm. to start thinking about Christmas. It okay. is just around the corner. What are we thinking about? Uh, we're thinking about planning for it. Such as? So. What beers do you want to have? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. No, mm. so. Take a look back on last year's Christmas period and New Year's period. You probably okay. spend a lot more money than you did throughout the rest of the year, I'm assuming. Over that period of time? Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's an expensive period. Sure. So take a look back at what you spent and then start having those conversations with family. Mm-hmm. So are they expecting to do Christmas presents this year? Do they just want to do a secret Santa type, type thing? So getting some clarity on what they expect and then once you've got clarity, you can formulate a plan. And you say, right, I'm going to start now. This is how much I need mm. for all these presents. There's a Black Friday sale coming up, whatever it may be. Have a plan, execute it. I'm so glad you said that. When you started saying th- planning about Christmas, I thought you were going to be the Grinch. I thought you were uh, going to come and tell people to not spend, not spend on, on Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> I will tell people not to put up their Christmas lights until December. But I would request that, but I'm, I would request it of my own wife, and I know I'm losing that battle. <laughs> 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 I, I wouldn't be surprised if the tree's up when I get home. Uh, my second quick win mm. is related to the lifestyle creep, actually. It is figuring out what your money personality is. Uh So you can go on sorted.org and you can check what your money personality is. Now, there's, I think there's five different profiles that you can be. Yeah, didn't there used to be 16? They they did. There are five now. And it's going to give you some help. It's going to, first of all, it's going to tell you what you are Mm. and then it's going to give you some helpful tips on to what that means for you and what triggers you and what you can do about it. Yeah. what to be aware of. Yeah. I think it's so if you come out as a, as a spender, it's yep. going to say, this is how you can succeed or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Massive believer in money personalities. And I'm, Always have been. I'm pretty interested to see what you come out as, although I have a fair idea what you might be. I don't think we need to mention it. Mm, okay. Mm. So those are my wins. What are yours? My wins? Uh, okay. So I've promised three. Um, first things first, review your KiwiSaver asset allocation. I know this is a bit of a fundamental and we've probably banged on about KiwiSaver, but there's, I'm still coming across people where I ask them, what what asset allocation is your KiwiSaver in? In other words, are you in a growth fund, a conservative fund or a balanced fund? And they still have no idea. Please go and have a review of your asset allocation. I would love it if everybody in New Zealand knew what fund they were in and why they were in it. Bit of an ambitious goal. Yeah. And I think a lot of the reason that is is because what's the average balance in New Zealand? About $28,000. Mm. So people are just sort of like, uh, I don't really care about that yet. I'll sort that out later. Sure. But that can have a huge effect on how much you're going to have at the end. 
Yep. So and it takes one second to find out. Um, hopefully, you've got online access to be able to look at your KiwiSaver. Just take a look. It's it's connected to this. I'm not counting it as another quick win. But while we're on the topic of KiwiSaver for a quick win, what about just asking your employer or or the people in culture or the HR, the whoever you can ask in your um your your the company that you work for if you are a employed person. Could we increase the contribution rate that the, the company will pay into our KiwiSaver? They're doing the minimum of three. Yeah. Now, they might say no, that they're mandated to do three. But if you don't ask, you don't receive. I'm not in full support of always of asking for handouts. But uh, at the end of the day, if you, you, you don't ask, you don't receive. And they might be more than happy to actually contribute more to your retirement and your KiwiSaver. Mm. Well, it's a good way to retain staff for them as well. If you've got someone offering you a 6% match... Mm. on your KiwiSaver contribution, that's huge. Well, it says a couple of things. As an employer, um, you care about your staff, you care about their retirement, and you value them. Mm. So it's not always a um, you know a negative thing to go and ask, but if, like I said, if you don't ask, you don't receive. Yeah, it could be part of your pay rise, pay rise discussion. Mm. Cool. It kind of related to KiwiSavers. Quick one, number two, UK pensions. If you've ever lived in the UK and you've worked, there's a chance you have a UK pension. A lot of people just ignore them. Forget about them um, because it's locked. So, you know, mm. they couldn't spend the money on Christmas if they did it now anyway. But they, they, they actually stack up to be worth quite a bit of money. So if you have worked in the UK, try and remember back to who your UK pension was with and then reach out to somebody that's actually able to give you some advice around UK pensions. And you might find you have a little bit of a boost to your KiwiSaver. Quick win number three. Uh, I left it for last because we've already banged on about budgeting and um, reduced spending. But supermarket shops, do them weekly. Not not nightly. Don't oh nightly. Whew. Well, sometimes we don't like what's in the fridge, so we go and buy some steak to have for dinner because we feel like steak for dinner. That's mm. such a dangerous trap. So do you do you shop weekly? Uh, plan it out. Leave your child at home. That's a big one. Uh, and don't go hungry. Don't go hungry. That is a huge one. Absolutely. Otherwise, it gets filled with snacks, doesn't it? Mm. So that's the best way you could do it. But try and avoid the worst way. Nightly, mm-hmm. hungry with your child after you've picked them up from daycare. That there is your recipe for disaster. Yeah, see, nightly, that that's such a foreign concept to me because... Well, it's, it's you know... It's so, it's so inefficient time-wise. Well, yeah, but you, 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 you know, lack of planning, you yeah. worked uh, late, you're driving home, your wife's picked up the child, you're on your way home and there's nothing for dinner, you're stopping off at the supermarket, you're now tired, you're hungry, you're going to go and buy something and a bottle of red wine as well. Uh, and <laughs> you'd almost just scrap it and get Uber Eats at that stage, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, all that, all that. So if you've done, been able to do a weekly shop and it's planned and it's going to be sufficient to, to get you and the family through the week, you're probably going to find yourself spending a whole lot less than doing the opposite. Beauty. All right. Well, that's probably us then, isn't it? Yeah, look, I think that's this week's episode. Uh, Brody, it's been nice chatting through these things and I look forward to getting back in here next week.